good morning. My name is Mark Kelly and I'm part of the leadership team here at Freedom Church. I want to welcome you all to another online digital church service. I hope that what is brought to you today through the word is challenging and encouraging. And I hope that you're able to just engage with the worship as we praise our awesome God together. Just a little note on the word that is going to be brought this morning. Uh, it's going to be presented by a guy called Stu Allen, who is also part of the leadership team here at Freedom Church. And it's really what started off as a, a few minutes, maybe five minutes thoughts that he just wanted to put down in video. Actually, as, it, as he began to speak, just uh, got longer and longer and just turned into a really great message, which I thought in particular would speak to the church and Freedom Church, but also to the wider church uh, in a really prophetic way way. Stu Allen's a really prophetic guy uh, and I think he's got some good stuff to say. So what that means is that he started off filming on his phone like this. So it's in a vertical um, thing. So I've kind of filled in the bit. So I hope that isn't a distraction focusing on his words and what God has been saying to him through what he is going to bring this morning. So before we worship, let me just pray. Father, thank you once again that we're able to use technology and that we're able to worship you together, even though that we're apart, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that you give us these great gifts, these skills and these talents and, and all that we're able to utilize today that we can come together and worship you so wonderfully. You are worthy to be praised. And Lord, we honor you, we lift you high, and we just wanna focus our hearts and minds on you right now. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen.
start I'm just going to pray because that's always a good thing and it'll help focus me. Father I call on you now in the name of Jesus to enable me to communicate thoughts and words that you are highlighting. 
I ask you, Lord, to open the ears of the hearers and to speak through your Holy Spirit that we might hear you more clearly and be built up, encouraged and strengthened as we move forward. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. OK, so onward. So we're in a really interesting and different season that I don't think any of us have experienced to this uh, level of change in uh, ongoing lifestyle. And we've all had to make adjustments and changes, some which we've not wished to do, but had to do, uh, and others that we've embraced gladly. Uh, and we've thought about how do we do church and all these other issues of life. And what's uh, been on my heart is very much, what is heaven saying? What is heaven speaking to the church at this time? The word talks about um, the men of Issachar, as in the Bible talks about the men of Issachar in the Old Testament. And they were men who understood the times and knew what to do. And this is what the church is to be like these days. We need to understand what is going on. What is God doing? What is happening in society in the world at large and in the church so that we can work with and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Um, the word says, have faith in the prophets and you will succeed. And we want to succeed. We want to prosper in the will of the Lord. So I want to bring a number of things that have been in my heart and brought to my attention over the last few weeks and much earlier than that as well. And I want to begin with uh, a verse that God dropped in my heart in 2012 during the uh, National Day of Prayer in Wembley Arena. During the worship, God spoke very clearly a verse which I didn't know where it was, but I knew it was a verse in the Bible. And uh, I went home and researched to, to look where it was. And it was Isaiah 26 verse 20. The verse, I'll just read it out now, it says, bear with my glasses. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. So God spoke to me eight years ago, <clears throat> coming up, that verse. And when he did speak it, it's, it's not so much the words that God says, but it's the the impact, the emotion, the the feeling and the sense with which those words come to me. And I knew that when God said that, there was a deep sense of gravity behind the words that he was bringing to me, that he was exhorting the church to prepare, be ready for a time in which you will need to hide away. You will need to find the secret place and develop your walk and be strong in him and find strength in him. And I very, very firmly believe that this is the time that God was referring to when he gave me that verse. But also in meditating on it, I believe that it's not only just for this time, but it's also for future times. And I'll elaborate on that as I go along. So God was giving me that word and I shared it. I'm not sure if I've shared it publicly. I certainly spoke to a few people about it and I may have done so publicly as I've shared on a Sunday morning, but I can't recall. But there was this strong exhortation that God was was bringing. 
I want to make a point at this point that when God speaks prophetically, there must come a time when a prophetic word is fulfilled. So when we read scripture, it's easy just to become over familiar with it and forget that it's actually speaking about times to come and times now and that we actually may be living right in times that are described prophetically in the Bible and that God is unfolding biblical words right in our lifetime and in our experience that we are part of the story and it isn't just a book on a shelf with a lot of words written in it it's actually real reality now for us and there is a wisdom in the spirit for us as the church to know when these things are being fulfilled and when is it for times future so coming up to the present the lord has been speaking to me in various ways over recent weeks regarding the time that we're in in lockdown <clears throat> and although i hesitate to refer my, to myself as a prophet god does speak to me about times and seasons with that in mind i i really want to exhort you to hear what the lord is saying through me at this time over recent weeks uh, the lord has taken me through the book of daniel and it's a tremendous book i've read it a number of times and it really has if you looked at the bible and imagined it was a landscape Daniel is a book of many mountains and valleys and vistas. It's a book of big, the big picture of God's purposes. And God was reminding me of that, that God is about eternal purposes. And he was drawing my attention to it to say, hey, look, we are in a purpose at a time now that is um, one of the shifts in God's dimensions, if that makes sense. And forgive me if some of what I say is confusing. I really hope it isn't. I hope I can be as clear as possible. But essentially, the book of Daniel talks about forthcoming eras and epochs within the, the history of man. And in Daniel 2, 28 to 35, <clears throat> Daniel describes a vision that the king of the time had about a huge statue that was made of different materials, gold and bronze and iron and clay. And each of the parts of the statue were made of different elements. And they each represented different uh, civilizations and periods of time, culminating with the feet, which were made of iron and clay, and it represented the Roman Empire. And in verse 34, the vision <clears throat> described a, a huge stone that was um, hewn or chiselled without hands. It was not man-made. And this stone came and hit the statue so that it was shattered into pieces and just became like chaff that was blown away by the wind. Then this stone became a huge mountain that filled the whole earth. And this spoke of the coming of Jesus. He came in the Roman Empire time and 
Jesus brought in another kingdom, another dimension, another uh, order, if you like, another civilization, which was actually the kingdom of God. And it began with the disciples and it grew and grew and continues to grow today. And worldwide, there are millions and millions of believers in Jesus who have been born again, who have given their lives to him and found new life and new hope in Jesus himself, recognizing that he died on a cross, was rose, risen from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God and is going to come again. That's what the Bible talks about. And each of us who have come to know Jesus have found our lives changed by a transfer of our old heart that was broken, was dysfunctional, was sinful, as the Bible describes it, couldn't break free of things. And God said, I'll take that away and I'll give you a new heart. And that's what it means for us believers. That has happened. And that's what this kingdom of God is all about, that we found the rule of Jesus, that King Jesus has come in. It's a new civilization. So God was reminding me about all of these things and that <clears throat> times and seasons come and they go. And ultimately, God is still in the business of that. So it says in Habakkuk 2, verse 14, and Habakkuk is a tiny little book in the Bible in the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets. He was foretelling that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And this is God's plan, that the whole world is going to be filled with the knowledge of Jesus. Every man, woman, boy and girl is going to know the deity of Jesus is real, that Jesus is the king of all kings. He has the name above every name and that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. So God is about this purpose right now. He's doing that, unfolding it through the church in the, in, in the earth. But I want to stress that it isn't necessarily a smooth, straightforward business. So Isaiah 40 verse 4 says that every valley shall be filled in and every mountain and hill made low. And if you imagine it, in the natural world, if we were filling in a valley and demolishing a mountain, it's pretty earth shattering stuff. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of shift. If you've ever have had to move earth, it's jolly hard work. Imagine filling in a valley or moving a mountain out of the way. You need explosives and all sorts, JCBs and huge bulldozers and um, <clears throat> bump, uh, dumper trucks and so on. So this business of God leveling in the valleys, leveling the mountains, filling in valleys, the obstacles <clears throat> and the the obstructions to the kingdom of God coming. This is all symbolic, this language. So God wants to make a place smooth before the coming of Jesus and his return. In all of that, in the same um, temper, if you like, and the same uh, flavour, Hebrews 12 verses 26 to 7 speak of a shaking. I'm going to read that out. <clears throat> and I, I suggest you actually read uh, the whole of chapter 12 to put it into context because it, it helps really. But I just want to pick this little verse out now um, to read. So verse it's chapter 12 of the letter. Of Paul to the Hebrews we think it's Paul that wrote it verse 26 and 27 
So I'm starting mid-sentence. Whose voice then, which is talking about God's voice, shook the earth. And now, or should I say, but now he has promised saying, yet once more, I shall shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now it's a bit convoluted English language, but essentially the essence of it is that God predicts a shaking, a shaking of absolutely everything, so that what is unshakable will stay put. Now, I want to encourage you that the kingdom of God, faith in Jesus, living a life for God, is the place that will be unshakable. So God isn't in the business of spoiling everybody's fun, ruining everybody's going out and enjoying going to the, the pub and the restaurants, cinemas, going to the parks and whatever. <clears throat> In all of this lockdown, I just want to say that I don't believe God has um, done this. It's not from God, this coronavirus. He didn't want it. He hates sickness and there's no sickness in heaven. And we're commanded to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is already in heaven. God's desire above all is that when things come and cause shaking, that we build more firmly on that which is unshakable. Our faith in God, our faith in the Bible, our confidence in prayer and believing that God speaks, guides us and directs our steps so that we don't need to be frightened about no loo rolls, no tin tomatoes, no baked beans, no pasta. God is speaking to us so that we have assurance in this time and in times to come. Jesus talked about the end times in chapter 24 of Matthew. And I want to say that we are very much in the birth pangs that Jesus described before the return of Jesus. And I don't want to freak us out, but I want us to be alert, awake as a church, to know that we are living in scripturally prophetic times of change. Now, as we entered uh, the year 2020, this year, it was the beginning of a new decade, not only a new year. Scripturally, <clears throat> numbers have symbolic meaning. And the number 20 actually refers to something complete or a perfect waiting period. And I have to admit that 2020 took me by surprise. I wasn't really anticipating or thinking ahead and thinking, Lord, what are you saying about this coming year? I'd kind of got a bit complacent, a bit of, oh, it's New Year again, whatever. But the more I've contemplated on it <clears throat> and as I thought it through, I realised that there has been the completion of a waiting period and we have come into a new era. Prophetic voices have been talking about a change. Things will be very different. <laughs> and that was before all of this lockdown stuff hit. And even before we were aware of the coronavirus. So these voices were already saying things are going to be very different. And the word I had 
<clears throat> shortly into the new year was turmoil. Which isn't terribly encouraging a word, is it? I think great. So we were hit with unprecedented flooding across the nation. Now, we have experienced uh, floods in the land over the last 10 years or so that have been quite unprecedented. But this was even more unprecedented in that they were all over the country and people were in desperate straits trying to save their properties, their businesses and some were completely unable to. It was a national disaster. And then not long after coming out of that, coronavirus hits. And now, I don't know whether you have noticed, we have had little or no rain for weeks and weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised if we go through another very dry season. There are lots of things happening and I believe there's an acceleration of challenges to our normal everyday way of life. It is a shaking that is going on. And I don't want us as a church to be in the dark or confused or taken by surprise by all these things. I want us to rise up and ride the wave. I used that <clears throat> phrase recently because it hasn't taken God by surprise. And in Amos, it talks about God revealing things to the prophets before they happen so that the church is ahead of the game. The church is ready. The church knows what's going on. <clears throat> and God wants to share the secrets of his heart with his people. And like I said, I don't consider myself a prophet in Old Testament terms, but there is a gifting there. Aren't we all prophets? God can whisper the secrets of our hearts, uh, the secrets of his heart into our hearts if we draw close. He wants to share. He wants to give insight. He so much wants to share the secrets that he has in his heart because he wants to display his splendour through his church in these days so that the world will know we know something they don't. We have a hope. We have a security in the midst of confusion and panic and fear and anxiety. We are at peace. So clearly this coronavirus has sent most of the world reeling into lockdown. A great shaking of people's securities has occurred. And that was three, four weeks ago. And people are now finding a new normal. But <clears throat> the impact of all that's happened is going to be felt a very long time after this. It's a little bit like a bomb being dropped and the dust is beginning to settle. But the aftermath is only just beginning to be realised. I don't believe we're going to return to life as normal. <clears throat> it's going to be different. I believe new laws are going to be passed as a result of this, uh, this virus. Life will change. As I said, 2020 signals a new decade. And I believe that we are moving into new territory spiritually. And the shaking is going to continue. Now, I don't want to say this to frighten people, but rather to sound an awakening, if you like, a sit up and take notice, sounding an alarm. I'm being a signal. A signal indicates stop or go or a change in direction or simply carry on in, in the same direction. But I'm heralding something <clears throat> as it's opening up and things to come in order 
not to provoke fear at all. Because when God speaks, he's wanting to impart reassurance. He's wanting to steady the boat. He's wanting to bring peace in the midst of turmoil. Remember when Jesus appeared to the disciples in the storm, they were actually freaked out when he appeared. And here's the Prince of Peace coming to them. And they thought, whoa, it's a ghost. Ah. And then they realised it was Jesus. He got into the boat and immediately the storm was calmed. And that's what I believe that Jesus is doing now. He's coming to us and he's saying, be still, be calm, be assured. This hasn't phased me. I knew about it before the beginning of time. And I've come to bring secrets to share with you so that you can live above these circumstances. You can live in another realm where you're tapping into the higher order of the kingdom of heaven. So this is something that's going on that's to get excited about. Now, I don't want to be, what's the word, flippant or callous or dismissive of the fact that to date, over 16,000 people have lost their lives to this virus, which is a great tragedy. But it's not. It's not something which I want us to be in deep concern and alarm about without finding hope and peace. God is not unfolding prophetic scripture right before our eyes. So what's our response to be? Well, as an aside, I just want to say that when all of this kicked off, I went through a huge range of emotions that were highs and lows and all sorts of feelings that I've come to understand that God allows me to experience these things because actually there's a whole bunch of people who are experiencing all manner of uh, despair, fear, anxiety, etc, etc, etc in their lives. You know, I'm not immune to circumstance, but it's my response in it that matters. So I found myself ha thinking, you know, what is going on in the inside of me here, Lord? You know, I'm a man of peace. I want to live in peace. And what what's happening here? And I had to dig deep into the word. I had to dig into God and say, Lord, I need you to speak to me. I need a now word. I need something that's going to hold me. Father, I need you to lift me in this circumstance. I had to pull on heaven. God wasn't just going to deliver it on a plate to me. I had to pull. I had to do something about it. I had to strengthen myself in the Lord. And he spoke two things in particular to me. Well, more than that, but I'll get there in a minute. But God gave me Psalm 27, which I encourage you to go and read. I don't have time now to expound on it all, but I will pull out one particular verse. And God also gave me uh, the book of Obadiah, a tiny little prophet in the Old Testament. But I'll just turn up Psalm 27 um, and read the last verse in it, which is verse 14. And it says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Earlier in the, the, the psalm, it talks about singing and worship and praising him. Uh, I am going to pull a little bit out of it because it's so good. Uh, 
verse five, he says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. That's appropriate. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Now, that's where I want to be at this time. And further on, verse 13, it says, I would have lost heart unless I had, had believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on. God wants to do something good for us. He wants to come through for us. For anybody who's feeling pressure, fear, anxiety about the future, he wants to reassure us. We might be in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't have to fear like the world does. We might experience those emotions, but it doesn't have to stay. We have the Prince of Peace living on the inside of us, and he wants to communicate and impart his peace to us. So I want to pull out that key word, wait upon the Lord, and also that we're to be of good courage. We have to face fears and we have to build ourselves up and say, yes, God is for me. Who can be against me? The Lord has said, never will I forsake you, nor will I leave you. Therefore, I can say, whom shall I fear? What can man do to me? It says that in Hebrews somewhere. You can look for that. I think it's chapter 10. But also Isaiah 7 verse 9 says this, stand firm in your faith or you will not stand at all. Now, that's a scary verse, isn't it? But God wants to assure us you have you can have every confidence in your faith. You can have every confidence in the Bible. Absolute confidence. Don't be shaken from it. Be encouraged. He is for you and he is true to his promises. Every promise of God in Christ is yes. And through him, we speak the amen to the glory of God. He wants to prove himself to us in this time that there comes testimonies out of this. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this time in a moment. I just want to talk about waiting upon the Lord because it's not something that our culture does particularly and we may not fully understand it but the Hebrew word actually means to um, to twine to bind together by twisting like threads and as we give time to God and wait for him not like waiting for a bus you know it's going to turn up sooner or later maybe unless it doesn't God is going to turn up but we need to be expectant. We need to be listening. We need to be attentive. So we need to choose quality time when we can actually do that. Give time to shut things out and to focus on him so that he can come and intertwine with us. And as we do that, he wants therein to impart his life, his peace, his shalom, his assurance revelation, faith, all manner of things he wants to put in fresh life for the day ahead. And he wants to take away fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, hesitation, confusion. God is not the order of confusion. He's the order of peace. So he wants to bring his life into us in a fresh way. We may have experienced in years past, or maybe you never have. Here's an opportunity.
The other word that God gave me was Obadiah. Now, it wasn't actually the book itself, which was very short. It's actually what the name Obadiah means. And it means worshipper of Yahweh or worshipper of God. And what God was highlighting to me was that in this time, the way through is through worship. Which very much ties in with waiting on the Lord. Sometimes it's hard just to sit in silence waiting for God. So we worship, we sing, we adore him. We speak our love song to Jesus. You know, what has Jesus done to, done for you? What good things has he done in your life? Start thanking him. Start praising him for those things. And even if you can't think of anything, just start by thanking him for the clothes on your back. That you've got warmth. You're fed, hopefully. You've had a cup of tea. You've got hot water, electricity, a roof over your head. All these things start with thanking. Gratitude is so powerful and worship will carry us through this. But I believe it's not just to carry us through. It's actually to become more and more a part of our lifestyles. That we don't have to wait for a Sunday gathering, but in our own times with God and with our families, if we have families that we live with, that we can worship with them. And if it's just on our own, we just do that. Maybe put on a CD with music and begin to sing, begin to, even if you don't know the words, make your own song up. Let it come from here. Let it be real. Even if you can't sing in tune, it doesn't matter. Make a joyful noise. And as we do that, the presence of the Lord will come to us. As we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. He might give you a picture. He might remind you of a time when he's come through for you. He might remind you of something in the Bible that you've read. He might give you a verse of scripture completely out of the blue. You think, is that in the Bible? And look it up and you think, wow, it's there. That's amazing. And God will encourage you. But hopefully you're receiving something from heaven that is adding some substance into your own heart and life. And I was talking about worship. And as we worship, it releases a flow from heaven into our hearts, the river of the Holy Spirit. And speaking in tongues, which I hadn't mentioned, is a really good way to do that. And very recently, uh, as Corinne and I, my wife and I were worshipping, God opened up a prophetic word specifically about this time. And I want to just read it out to you. Because I do believe that this is an instruction not only um, giving an understanding of what's happening, but also how we can participate with what's going on with God in this time. So I feel strongly that this lockdown is an like an enforced Sabbath. In the Old Testament, often it talked about that Israel that was meant to celebrate the Sabbath every seventh day, they weren't doing for years and years and years. And God then took them out of the land because they weren't giving even the land its rest. Once every seven years, they were not to cultivate the soil. And God banished them for 70 years, saying that they had to let the land rest for its Sabbaths. Now, I don't want to get caught up theologically with this, but I have a sense that God is almost enforcing a rest, a stop. Stop the world so that you can stop, listen to creation. 
hear the voice of the Lord through creation. The word says that creation speaks and each man has the ability to hear what creation is saying. It says that in Romans chapter one. So it's a time of slowing down, of rest, but also reflection, restoration and replenishment. So it doesn't have to be a bad time. It could be a really positive time of restitution. Funny thing is, I'd love to have six weeks off. I got to go to work. But hey, there are people that need to go to work. I'm one of them. So it is a period of enforced Sabbath. Now, during this time of worship with Corinne, I saw a lattice work of willow. And I'm just going to show you a picture, if I can, that I saw in my mind's eye. So <clears throat> it wasn't exactly this, but I want to show you the uh, the willow work on this carpet beater. OK, so. There's the carpet beater, hope you can see it OK, um, but essentially it's how it's created. So if you can see the lattice work of the willow. And that willow has been, <clears throat> um, if you like, welded together. So there were strips joined up in that instance, three or four strips of willow. And looking at the Bible, <clears throat> anything of wood represents or symbolizes humanity. And I saw like a strip of pieces of willow all joined together. And then I knew inside that it was being woven with other bands of these willows into a basket shape. <clears throat> and this basket was similar to the basket that Moses was placed in when he was saved from being killed by Pharaoh and he was placed in the water. And he was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter and then rescued and brought up in the palace. Uh, of Egypt. Uh, and what God was showing me was that this weaving together was actually our lives. And the boat, the little boat or the little basket was actually an ark in a very, very small way. But actually it was the church. The church is to be the ark. Now, the ark in Noah's ark rescued Noah's family and all the animals. The basket rescued and saved Moses from ultimate death. And likewise, the church is to save those who find Jesus in this time. We are to be the place of safety and salvation in these days. God is preparing the church to be this ark and likening it to Noah's Ark, it's the place for the peoples to stream into to find salvation when the flood hits. As I've talked, that there will be things to come that are challenging, that are going to shake all things. People will be running to and fro, seeking help, seeking answers. And the place they'll find them is in the church and they will find their salvation. So we are being made into an ark. 
So during this interesting point now, <clears throat> during this time of enforced inability to meet corporately or meeting together as the church in a physical sense, the Lord is almost deconstructing the church. So he's taking us apart in terms of a corporate gathering in order to remake us. This time of enforced Sabbath is a key time of opportunity for the church to deepen its personal relationship with the Father. And when I wrote this down, I thought to myself, I wouldn't be surprised if this lockdown continues for six weeks, because that is a time in scripture of biblical preparation for a new season. So before we enter this new era, it is vital that we have grown our individual relationship with the Father. And the next thing I'm going to say is not a criticism, but I'm asking, where is the mega church? Where are the lights? Where are the smoke machines, <clears throat> as you see in some churches? And I've got nothing against that. But God is stripping back to the essentials. Now, I want to make a, a very strong point here also. Zechariah chapter 10, no, chapter 4, 6, I think it is, where it says, not by might, this is God speaking, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We've quoted that a lot. But then we so often proceed to build with the arm of flesh. We resort to our own devices. We have good ideas and we put them in place. Now, I'm not saying they're not all God ideas, God ideas, not just good ideas. But I do believe that we do put our arm of strength in there as well. But I really strongly believe that God is allowing this deconstruction of the gathered church to enable us to get back to the essentials of prayer and the word as individual disciplines again, so that we can each attune to his still small voice on our own without distraction. This Sabbath time is a crucial time of recalibration for the church on a micro scale. So as we each as individuals become reattuned to heaven, when we come back together, there is this holy conflagration, a fire that's ignited by the Holy Spirit. We don't need to stoke the engines. I believe that we've all become so embroiled in the pace of the world and the spirit of the age has polluted the church. I mean that capital C, not just Freedom Church. We've all been polluted by the spirit of the age. God wants to just sift it out of us. He wants to wash it out of us. Get into the word. It talks about the through the washing of the word. We are purified. We've been so caught up with the pace of the world that we've struggled to give the father the time he desires, nor the preeminence he deserves. We've been driven by schedules and times which haven't been set by him. Have we ever said, OK, Lord, we remove the watch, the clock, and we say, we're only done when you say we're done. Now, I know that's difficult to manage, but I'm putting it out there. Can we dare to do things differently? This is a crucial time that we're in now not to be wasted. 
so that the church be readied as the ark to offer safety, security and ultimately salvation for the world. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Woe betide, we come through this and we just revert back to same old, same old. What we've always been doing, no different. God's desire is that it is his plan for the church that is manifest in the earth. He wants it built his way, not our way. A church that is be, has learned to be led by the spirit that is steeped in the word so that when we gather, we're a joy in the earth where worship flows spontaneously, where the word of the Lord is heard. Miracles, signs and wonders become commonplace. God desires that we don't just come back together and hit the default button. He seriously wants us to rethink how things are done. But all this will come as we seek him. And as we build our relationship with him, not as we go scratching our heads thinking, how can we do things differently, Lord? I believe it will come differently as we are changed in his presence. We will find things will change because we have changed. That during this time we grow strong as we spend time in worship, as we seek him and find him. And it says that we will find him when we seek him with all our heart. It's time to dig deep and find the all of us to seek him with as an individual. And that we will hear him. And as we grow strong, we'll find a new level, a new boldness, a new confidence because all of this is a preparation for what is yet to come. And as I was preparing this, I was reminded of the, of the parable of the ten virgins in about Matthew 24, I think, where there were the five wise and the five foolish. And the five wise had purchased oil ready for when the bridegroom was going to return. And the five foolish were, were virgins had run out. I don't want us to be a church that has not been getting full of the oil. We need to be drawing on him. We need to be drawing because we need something to sustain us. And we need to discover the ways to do that. Now, as much a time as any other time that I've ever lived, is a time of such sobriety in our Christian walk that we can't just play church. We have to live church. We have to know what it is to fear the Lord and to hear his word and to tremble at it. Talks about that, doesn't it? I believe in Zechariah to tremble at his word. That if we've been frightened by the reports on the TV, how much more should we adhere to, hear, respond and listen to the word of the Lord? That it supersedes all other things, puts it all in its place so that we can rise up to a higher place, giving God the place he desires. He is not a bully boy. He is our loving heavenly father. He doesn't want us to be freaked out. He wants us to be drawn deeper, to find our anchor in him.
So this is all an exhortation to go deeper, to draw near to God, to ask him to speak to us. Keep a journal, write down the things he shows you, things he tells you. You might think God doesn't speak to me in those ways. I assure you he does. You just need to listen. Ask him to open your ears. Maybe he gives you a sense, a feeling, a memory. He is speaking, but are we listening? Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for your patience. Bless you. And uh, hopefully we'll see one another soon in the flesh. Bye for now. It's been so good to be able to worship together, hasn't it? And to be able to hear a word from God together. I really do appreciate the word that Stu brought for us this morning. I thought it was challenging and encouraging and certainly a prophetic word for the season that we're in right now. So thank you, Stu. But before I go, I've just got a couple more things I need to share with you. The first thing is we're going to try and do a Zoom call again. We did it last week and lots of Freedom Church members felt it was really nice to be able to just see one another and chat with one another without any agenda. Uh, And so we're going to do that again this week and the details for that will appear in a few moments. We're going to do it around 12.15 for about 30 minutes. There's going to be no set agenda, so you can come in for two minutes if you like, say hi and then say goodbye or you can stay for the whole 30. The choice is entirely yours. And the second thing is, if you'd like to give to Freedom Church financially, there are ways that you're able to do that. Just visit myfreedom.church forward slash giving and you'll find all the information on how you might do that on that page. All right, take care guys. It's been really good to connect with you. If you'd like to hear from us, if you want to know any more information about us, you can either visit that website or you can email us at hello at myfreedom.church. We promise we'll get back to you. It'll be really good to hear from you. Until next time, God bless. Have a great week.